Hello, good morning. Welcome back to the Weirdo Writer Hour. It's been another two months because I got busy and just stuck in the throes of life. It is a gorgeous sunny day and you can probably hear all the birds freaking the fuck out in my backyard because of the weather. So good for them. Uh, I got a couple of poems lined up. I have a book of poetry to discuss here. And if you don't like poetry, um, well, deal with it. Because it's awesome and we need more of it. And we need more vulnerability and truth and honesty in this world. So deal with it. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to jump into a little poem here. I wrote uh, two days ago in the backyard um all right this one's called in the mottled light of a half summer sunset out back i scrunch my toes in moss bird song breezes the warm evening while killdeer and red wing blackbird gossip the girls whirlpool and squeal in the stock tank the cat stalks orchard grass while the wife burns in a romance novel the shell of my collarbone aches and crawls up my throat. The mind drifts and my heart aches perfectly. The cat jaws a starling, gasping on its back, then hops and splits the sky. I could die right here and now. So this was definitely, um, for the most part, a nature poem. Um, and, um... I did a really severe edit as I go on this one, um, writing it in, in the moment. Um, yeah. Yeah, in this one, I was definitely kind of dancing around what I wanted to talk about. And then um, what I wanted to talk about actually comes in the second poem um, that I'm going to read. And I find a lot of times you can't get what you're trying to say in the first try. Sometimes it takes several tries. Sometimes it takes a book. Um, because poems are so short, you just can't fit everything in there. Sometimes they are their they, they are their own little worlds. And you just kind of have to let them be what they want to be. And this one just wanted to be a little nature poem with kind of one punchy line right at the end. And I shared this line on my Instagram the other day. And my, my good friend Don reached out and he was like, if you need to talk to anyone and I was like no no <laughs> I'm I'm good bro but um the last line I could die right here and now is not uh a line from de depression it is a, a line of joy and um just one of those you know this is a perfect moment I could die I could die right now and be and be content um yeah I'm definitely a a summer kid born born in the summer grown in the summer um, you know, having grown up in California and Florida, um, the summer is, is my jam. It, it just puts me at peace. And I think, I think that's evident in that, that little poem. Um, okay, I'll switch gears. I'm gonna inundate you, drown you in poetry too quickly here, but y'all are getting it. Um, I'm gonna talk about the book for one sec. Um, I, I think a lot of artists struggle to do this is partake in their culture and community of their medium 
for a long time, I did not read any poetry, which is, uh, I'm just going to say, as, as an artist, you need to partake in your medium, in, in reading and experiencing the art of others in your field. It's absolutely vital. Otherwise, you end up in this weird little hole um, of, I don't want to call it stagnation, but you need other people's ideas to um, contrast yours. Um, I almost think of it as like like a car crash. is like a metaphor. Like uh, if you're in an art gallery, for instance, all the ideas are kind of, you know, slamming into you and glinting off of you at different angles and and all those little dents and scratches um affect your own own art in a really beneficial way um and uh, uh for me um i did not read enough poetry and to be honest i'm really picky i, I think a lot of people um are maybe not as picky um and i'm i think because my niche is so niche, um, I'm a hardcore lyricist. I push language super hard. Um, I don't like articles, um, you know, the, a, an. Um, and it's really hard for me to find poetry like my poetry. Um, and so I sometimes struggle uh, with, with reading poetry. Um, but I've really, I've had to push back on that and say, you know, get what you can get from from others. And, and there's a lot of little magical moments in reading other, other people's poetry. Um, so the book, that was my long preface um, to this book, called A Coney Island of the Mind, Poems by Lawrence Ferlinghetti. I am obsessed with beat poetry and beat lit. Um, I know that is a bit controversial if you are into the poetry and, and lit worlds. Um, like Jack Kerouac is one of the most famous beat writers. Um, Lawrence Ferlinghetti um, was part of that group. Um, and Allen Ginsberg. And, and there's a whole slew of writers that, that fit in there. Um, but I really like their stream of consciousness and their... Um, their literary rebellion and um you know they were very uh anti-capitalist and um and it really shows in their in their writing what the writing lacks with focus it makes up for with with energy um uh, which i i really dig um so this book was published way back in 1955 um you know 32 years before i was even born but um it's still really relevant i think um, the language really packs a punch. It's very dreamlike. It's very surreal. You know, um, God only knows what, what drugs Lawrence was on, <laughs> in motivating, um, uh, the poems, but, um, they're really good. And, um, and in my second poem, I'm going to share, um, it's after, after one of his poems, um, Lawrence Ferlinghetti's poems called Autobiography. So I borrowed a line from his poem, I am leading a quiet life. Um, and it's a bit, it's a bit of an ironic line. Um, because, um, while it may seem like we lead quiet lives, there's a lot happening on the inside and just the, uh, the energy that people don't, don't see, um, on a daily basis and, um, and the value um, 
I'm struggling with that myself in, uh, in my job right now, feeling undervalued and just not creative. And, and as I'll share in my second poem, you know, it's, it's emails and spreadsheets and goddamn, it gets old. Um, <laughs> so yeah, poetry is, um, it's great. I think everyone, everyone needs poetry. Everyone needs art, but poetry especially is just so therapeutic. Um, I think everyone can, can appreciate it. And it doesn't have to be this, you know, highfalutin abstract thing. It can be very grounded um, and, and everyday, which um, some of some of um, the poems in this book are, are that way. There's a lot of quote-unquote everyday um, lines and language um, that anyone can kind of hop into and get something out of. Um, yeah, I'm going to keep this episode short. Uh, just because I'm trying to hop back in and I don't want to scare people away. <laughs> and we're at, we're at nine minutes here. Um, but yeah. Uh, all right. So I'm going to read my second poem. And then, um, and then I think that prob- probably it for this episode. Uh, so this poem is called Vice Universa. And it's after Lawrence Ferlinghetti's autobiography. I'm leading a quiet life in the camp chair while the blue universe blusters... And I'm praying for change because I'm not a failure, but fate has failed me. A squat prick bleeds my dreams of paper ladders, so fuck them. Another rung in the long row of egos who fear me. I bluster the universe, now vice universa. Each office is a bear trap of another name, designed to whittle off my most beautiful thorns. I'm just a quiet ghost leading a quiet life, stranded and windless on a sunbeat beach, counting clouds. I am worth everything, so fuck them. Fuck all the doubters, laughers, finger pointers. I am everything they don't know. 10,000 emails and spreadsheets, so help me God if I hear someone tell me no one more fucking time. I am God in this universe of crow winks and circus croons, tattoos and scribbled prayers. So help me God, if this universe tries to fuck me out of the glory I deserve, the life of peaceful rest, the cool whiskey under a pine tree in a summer windstorm. So yeah, um, this poem, I definitely got out the anger and frustration that I have been feeling and just the disappointment, um, the devastation, the heartbreak, um, that just working menial eight to five, nine to five jobs causes. It's soul sucking, especially for, for artists, um, working jobs that are so uncreative. And I think it's more than that. It's like I mentioned before, the value, the undervaluing, um, and people failing to see, uh, not just value, uh, your, your energy, your essence, your soul, and, um, and it's debilitating. And it's definitely a generational thing. Because I think millennials, um, we we were built dealt a bad a bad hand um, between cost of living and um, you know uh, salaries not keeping up with inflation and cost of living and just um, being promised certain salaries and you know we were told to go to college all that stuff. I don't want to jump into, into the politics of that too much, but um, it's hard It's hard being a millennial, and a lot of people don't, you know, the boomers don't realize that. I think Gen X is probably more hip to it, and um, I think Gen Z is pretty pretty hip to it as well, but, um, but yeah, I think a lot of millennials 
are struggling. I think a lot of people are struggling, but I think especially millennials. Um, it's just a hard, a hard time to live. And, um, and, um, yeah. Yeah. So this, this is kind of like, dude, I just, I just want to live my life and do the things that I enjoy, which on the one hand, it's like, well, you can do that in retirement. And the other part of me is like, that's a lie that I've been told. I do not want to wait until I am, to, to be cynical, dead, almost dead to enjoy my life. I want to enjoy my life now. Um, and be with my family and my friends and be in nature and, um, and write and just create art. Uh, because why the fuck not? Why else are we here? I'm not here to work and be stuck at a computer. So, yeah. So that's what I will leave you with today. Um, yeah. Go make some art. Have a good day. And, um, yeah. I will see you soon.